No, shit. Yeah. I'm not ready. Let me, you don't have to be ready. Let me get some clothes on. <laughs> <laughs> They'll know I'm naked by the tone of my voice. What's after breakfast? What's before lunch? It's Austin, Texas. It's weird brunch. The last thing this world needs is another Game of Thrones podcast. Oh, well. I was looking on Spotify, like I'll go and browse stuff just to see what's out there. And all of that, everything that's on the front page of Spotify for podcasts is Game Game of Thrones Thrones related shit now. Yeah. Mm. Eh. No, we're doing a Dead to Me podcast. I declare it. I want to watch that show. I will watch it. I will have watched it. Yay. By now. Same. Okay. Promise. You guys aren't going to like it, I can tell. Why? Because I never like the right things. Oh, God. <laughs> Let's Emo is fun. Unpack that. Yeah. <gasps> I never like the right thing. I don't. I get really obsessed with things that everybody else is just like, what? That's obscure or mediocre, and I don't really want to get into it. Okay. Do you want to talk about it? No. No. No, let's just talk about Game of Thrones. No, let's do um, let's do our stories. Yeah. <laughs> Say who we are. Oh, yeah. I'm Lisa Friedrich. I'm Karina Magyar. I'm Whitney Lamond. And this is Weird Brunch. Yeah. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to my safe space. Yeah. Do you feel safe right now? Do you? Do oh, you? Oh, my God. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. I do. <laughs> my story today is about Federal Express Flight 705. Ooh. Is that the one Tom Hanks was on? Yes. This is the story of Castaway. Get ready. I'm ready. It's not. Shit. All right. Let's take a trip back to 1994, a year near and dear to all of our hearts. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but good it year. is. It was, it was a, good, was a year. good year. Rockets won. Mm-hmm. Okay. Clutch City. Cool. Okay. Um, <laughs> a McDonnell Douglas DC-30 cargo jet. Carrying electronics across the United States from Memphis, Tennessee to San Jose, California, is involved in a hijack attempt by a guy named Auburn Calloway. No. Which sounds so fake. He was clearly born rich. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. He was a Federal Express, so he's a FedEx employee. I can't keep saying Federal Express. It sounds weird. But yeah, let's let's get down to it and talk was about him. Was FedEx like invented for the government? Why is it Federal Express? No, I thought Express? it's because it's not the government. Like I don't know. USPS I, is. Yeah, I think they were just using the word because the yeah. national was taken federal and American was taken. so aggressive. Yeah, it is. It's yeah. not that old. They're going to audit 70s. you. Yeah, don't audit me for my packages. <laughs> you federal Just express. mail me my weed. <laughs> wow. Don't ask questions. Nope. Fucking hey, cops. 1994 is the year they officially adopted FedEx as their name. Huh. There we go. That's the year we're in. That's right. amazing. Fucking. Now, excuse me. <laughs> it came out. I was trying to hide it. Okay. So, um, in this... So, like I said, it's not um, an airplane with a bunch of people in it. It's a cargo plane. There are three flight crew members in the cockpit. 
49-year-old Captain Dave Sanders. Doesn't he just sound like a captain of an airplane? 42-year-old First Officer James Tucker. And 39-year-old Flight Engineer Andrew Peterson. Um, You've really got feelings about all these I names. I do. I feel like they all have the most American names ever. So yeah. Well, and then here comes... Augustus and here comes Long. Auburn Calloway. Like... It does. It sounds... I bet he made up his own name. I bet you. Auburn Calloway is a very American name, but it's also like not a Like name. a girl who's currently about to graduate from high school. It's just... it's Auburn nobody, Calloway. Nobody you went to high school with. Yeah. You know oh, what I no. Mean? No. It's uh-uh. their... It's the it's kid... the that, rich people. It's the kid that the teen mom had. Aw. Oh, that was yeah. not nice. Okay. So... It was accurate, though. <laughs> also on this airplane is 42-year-old... Also, FedEx flight engineer Auburn Calloway. Calloway. He was a alumnus of Stanford University. Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. was right. a yep. Navy pilot, a martial arts expert, <laughs> and anybody he can get that in was, any strip mall in America. <laughs> he was in trouble. Obviously, he works for FedEx, but he's facing getting fired. Because they think he's been falsifying flight hours. Like training or? I don't know. Just not clocking out in time? Yeah, I guess probably, yeah, milking the system. I I would think that they would be able to track that pretty easily if you're flying. Man, in 94, everything was running on like, you know, Windows 3.0. Track shit. So he is on this flight. He's not technically working. He's deadheading this flight. Like you work for the company, but they're flying there anyways, so you can kind of yeah, hang out and get ride. a free yeah. flight. So yeah. you're so you're deadhead, bro. And he decides that he's going to hijack this plane. He made that decision while he was on the plane. Well, he made it before. Okay, but his idea is that he's gonna hijack the plane and gonna die. So his family would get this two and a half million dollar life insurance policy. But so to this is do, his suicide attempt? Yeah. So this is That's this is sad. what he claims is that this is his suicide attempt. Oh. oh. Um, Didn't work. Yeah. So he brought a guitar case with him on the flight. No what way. happened to be in the guitar case is two claw hammers, two club hammers a spear gun oh my god and just like a knife somebody saw robert rodriguez as desperado mm-hmm. <laughs> right didn't that come out that year oh my god, oh my god. if Hold it on. did karina you're on your shit because that's crazy <laughs> 95 Ugh, so close uh, yeah. but el mariachi was 92 so <laughs> i'm gonna count it. okay <laughs> He saw El Mariachi. He also had a note on him that he wrote to his ex-wife that, quote, described the author's apparent despair. Before the flight, he transferred $54,000 he had in securities and cashier's checks to his ex-wife. So maybe he is thinking he's going to commit suicide. So before takeoff, part of his plan is to disguise this as an accident and so he knows he needs to kind of do some bad shitty things well he's taken three people down with him that's yeah the part I exactly that's the fucked up part Just shoot yourself so he tries to disable the cockpit voice recorder cvr 
by pulling the circuit breaker to interrupt the power during pre-flight checks in the actual engineer on the flight Peterson noticed that the breaker was pulled and resets it because he was doing his job. Good for you, Peterson. And the CVR is reactivated. About 20 minutes after takeoff, the flight and the crew, everybody is carrying on casual conversation. Everything's happening normal and people can hear it because the CVR has been reactivated. Mm-hmm. Callaway goes into the back to get his guitar case and enters the flight deck and pulls out his fucking weapons. All three members are caught completely off guard and he's just got his fucking hammers out and he's hitting people with hammers. Peterson. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's not funny. No, but it, it just terrible. sounds like something out of a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles video game. Yeah. So Peterson and First Officer Tucker suffer fractured skulls. Oh, man. And Peter's tempor- Peterson's temporal artery is also severed. Ew. No, not good. That's like right here, right? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, no one can see that, but it's whatever. In your brain box. Yeah. The blow to Tucker's head initially rendered him unable to move or react, but he was still conscious, which sounds fucking terrifying. That's, yeah, not good. Captain Sanders reported during the beginning of the attack, he couldn't discern any emotion from Callaway, just like a blank stare oh. as he attacked them. Grossest. After he attacks these three guys with a hammer, Peterson and Sanders, like they didn't even have time to get out of their chairs. They were just, you know, flying a fucking plane and he comes up and attacks them. So they start to try and get out of their seats. Callaway leaves the cockpit and grabs his spear gun. Also like spear gun. Yeah. Okay. That's a choice. He uh, (laughs) comes back in the cockpit and he's like, all y'all need to sit down. This is what we're doing. I'm going to like fly this plane into the ground. Despite everybody being really fucked up, Peterson managed to grab the gun by the spear between the barbs and the barrel. And they start fighting over it and while that's happening tucker who was also an ex-navy pilot but performed extreme aerial maneuvers with the aircraft he pulled it into a sudden 15 degree climb which threw everybody except for him to the back and out of the cockpit and into the galley and he yeah so he was trying to throw callaway off balance he then turned the plane into a left roll almost completely on its side and rolled everybody onto the left side. And eventually he rolls the plane almost a hundred or almost 140 degrees around to where it's upside down practically. And Holy shit. He's what? yeah. He's like Why? trying to knock okay. everyone around. I guess it's the only weapon he has. Yeah, kind sure. Of. Yeah. Except he's also probably beating up the other two guys while he's flying around like a crazy person. So Peterson, Sanders, and Callaway are all pinned to the ceiling of the plane. And Callaway manages to get his hammer free and hit Sanders in the head again. But 
as that's happening, Tucker puts the plane into a steep dive that pushes everybody back again. And the wings are starting to flutter on the airplane. Yeah, this is a cargo yeah, plane. Yeah, it's right? a cargo plane. Definitely not meant to uh, Do maneuver, to maneuver yeah. any way like that. They're going 460 knots, I guess, per hour. Uh, that's 530 miles per hour. Yeah, I think knots have the per hour built in, right? Do they? I have no idea. Yeah. The plane is kind of like fluttering and vibrating so much that the surfaces are becoming unresponsive because of disturbed or disrupted airflow. And it's really testing the safety limits of the aircraft. Tucker realizes this because all the throttles are at full power, releasing his only usable hand to pull the throttle back to idle he managed to pull the plane out of the dive and slow it down sanders keeps fucking hitting or callaway keeps hitting sanders with the fucking hammer why sanders i don't i don't know i guess they were probably he was probably closest one there trying to take him out yeah also, um, go down sanders yeah like you're tag out san i think yeah <laughs> sanders was the last like defense before the captain okay. and he's starting to lose strength peterson is bleeding heavily from the ruptured artery mm-hmm. and despite all of this sanders manages to finally wrestle the hammer out of callaway's hand and fucking goes at him with it Woohoo! kill that motherfucker the plane finally completely levels out and tucker is talking to the ground and is reporting to the memphis center informing them uh, that they were just attacked by this guy and that they need to land and they need an armed intervention. So SWAT is going to come and storm the plane. And when Tucker (laughs) hears this fight escalating, he tries to turn back to the left. Like, it's just crazy. They were in a moment of near transonic flight. Whoa, in a cargo plane? Yeah, which in aeronautics, transonic flight is flying at or near the speed of sound. Yeah, holy shit, Jesus. At 343 meters per second. I don't even, I mean, unless he's, even in free fall, it can't get that fast, I guess. Yeah, maybe. It says, beyond the design capabilities of a DC-10. yeah. Yes, it definitely was. (laughs) They finally communicate with air traffic control, and they emergency land at Memphis International Airport. And meanwhile, like, after all the screaming, he couldn't breathe, and Callaway starts trying to fight the crew again, (laughs) which, you know, isn't working out so well anymore since there's three of them yeah so fucking they land thank god emergency personnel and police gain access to the plane via escape slide and ladder which always sounded kind of fun to me even though i don't think i would have fun on one if i have ever had to use it yeah yeah if you have uh, a head injury they're very fun in theory though yeah mm-hmm. inside they said the interior of the gallery and the cockpit were covered in blood uh, I can only Ooh. imagine, especially because they were just flopping around yeah. everywhere the whole yeah. time because they <gasps> were doing that. Oh, my God. Think about how everything in those packages they were delivering is broken. Right? No electronics for mm. anybody. All those CD players. 
<laughs> yeah. Those thousand dollar CD players. Mm-hmm. For real, back in the so 90s. So like uh, 10, 10 disc trays. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, man. You can switch it. Or the, ooh, or the 20 disc cartridges. Oh, my God. Built in tuner and double cassette decks if you wanted to tape your mm-hmm. CD. The crew of Flight 705 sustained serious injuries Mm. the left side of tucker's skull was severely fractured causing motor control problems in his right arm and right leg is there a non-severe skull fracture i don't know you want to try it out let's see no No. let's try thank you yeah had enough yeah (laughs) (laughs) callaway had dislocated tucker's jaw in an attempt to gouge out one of his eyes the fuck uh calloway yeah he's just nutty sanders suffered several deep gashes in his head doctors had to sew his right ear back on and peterson's skull was fractured and his temporal artery severed like we said before the aircraft itself incurred damages of about eight hundred thousand dollars which i guess is probably how much that thing is worth do you consider that totaled um i think you consider it haunted yeah haunted you get a rental plane it's cursed um avis will pick you up uh yeah so he in august 1995 calloway pleads temporary insanity but he's charged with attempted murder and attempted air piracy whoa yeah oh my god that kind of makes it all worth it yeah he is now imprisoned in a medium security state penitentiary in Lompoc, Santa Barbara County, California. Oh, yeah, Lompoc. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a semi-famous prison. The aircraft is still in service. <laughs> what? Oh, really? Yeah. The first year? Yeah, it's still flying around out there. Still covered in blood. Yeah, still covered in blood. Oh, kind of crazy. Man. That's crazy. That's a, he. He has problems. Temporary insanity doesn't even start to cover it. Mm-mm. No. Also, That's... if you work for FedEx, like, couldn't you get your own flight and somehow just figure out a way to not have three other people on board with you? Yeah. Right. Like, if you really wanted to, like that guy did it not too long ago. Remember? Mm-mm. The guy who took the plane. He like. <laughs> walked on he learned how to fly a plane via flight simulator mm-hmm. like All the right. video game do you remember this yeah vaguely. and uh he just went to an airport and kind of got out onto the tarmac got in a plane and just started flying it into the mountains and he was gonna commit suicide it's kind of sad because he does but the whole time he's like talking with air traffic control and they're like trying to get him to come down. And he was like, Aww. I didn't think I'd be so good at this, but I am. I don't really know how to land him though. And that's kind of the point. Anyway, so that didn't that's cure a his depression no. to like figure out he could fly. I mean, mm, I guess Damn. not. Poor guy. Okay. So, anyways, there are better ways to kill yourself than that. So much for taking flying lessons. Just take a bottle of Tylenol. I feel like that's a movie that. Mark Wahlberg's going to be in. Right. It was an episode of TV, like some Canadian. Yeah. (laughs) It was an episode of Wings. It's the one where Lowell goes apeshit nuts. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. There's. (laughs) 
Do people remember that show? They do now. I don't know. Tweet us if you remember that show. That weird brunch. I think Wings is like Ace of Base. Nobody knows they remember it until all of a sudden they really do. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I feel like I get wings and northern exposure. Like oh, those are the same in my head. They're close enough. Yeah. Yeah. Mine northern exposure wasn't a one hour drama though. And wings was, was a 30 really? minute sitcom. But I don't know. I was a kid. I, just... I think they were both on like at the end of the primetime block. Yeah. Got it. When I'm drinking my coffee. Yeah. And then came reruns in night court. <laughs> <laughs> I like that cat version. All my songs have been cat versions lately. All right. Mine's short and sweet. I'll go next. Okay. It's too insubstantial to end an episode on. Oh, okay. I felt the same about mine. So this should be a good uh, podcast. All right, kids. Buckle in. We're going to peter out. Here we go. (laughs) Just like an airplane. Uh, I was literally saying that to my kids because they do eavesdrop on these episodes. Um, (laughs) Okay. So (laughs) there's this thing called the Voynich Manuscript. And it was discovered in 1912 by a bookseller named Voynich. And it's full of naked ladies and weird plants that don't exist in nature. And lots and lots of writing in no known language. So nobody understood what it was. Atlantis. Couldn't read it. Right. Exactly. That is definitely one of the theories around it. Oh, damn. It dates back to the 15th century. They can actually trace its provenance. It It is real. Uh, it's not like a... There's thoughts for a while that it was an elaborate prank by Voynich, but... Um, that was my first. Carbon guess, dating. The carbon dating, yeah, seriously. And all yeah. the uh, the inks and everything all check out. And then they figured out the provenance because it was owned in the late 16th century by the Holy Roman Emperor Rudolf II, who was a Habsburg, Habsburg, yes, who he thought it was written by Roger Bacon, the very famous (laughs) British philosopher. Inventor of Bacon. Mm -hmm. But this doesn't quite date back that far. It only dates back to the 1400s, according to all the analysis that they can do. It was also posited that it was written by da Vinci, like... Basically, everything's been thrown at it. And nothing, none of it sticks. Well, nobody can figure out what the hell it says. So these really weird drawings of plants, lots of naked women on them, in them, breathing them, <laughs> sticking their heads in them, sticking the plants in them, growing out of the plants like Cabbage Patch Kids, and then just tons and tons of text all around it. Sounds like some stoner was just like... <laughs> right? It looks like that. It's in the Yale library, so you can download oh. it and see it. Um, but yeah, it's just lots of... It's, it's like lots of weird, cryptic, alien-looking doodles. Well, that looks like that... What's that plant with the button? Mm-hmm. Peyote? Yeah. That it, looks like peyote. It does look like peyote. Hmm. Code crackers and everything have been trying their hand at this since 1912. It's been one of those like infamous things that if you like cracking codes, try to figure out what the hell the Voynich manuscript is about. So in 2017, 18, this guy named Nicholas Gibbs, who is a history researcher and a television writer, thinks that he cracked the code. And he said it's a guide to women's health that's mostly plagiarized from other guides of that era. So he wrote this whole thing in the Times Literary Supplement that the code was just shorthand. It's like if you actually kind of squint and look at it, 
these are all Latin abbreviations that people at the time would have understood. It's basically like a recipe book that somebody wrote for themselves because mm-hmm. they already remember the original. They just needed the shorthand, like one cup sugar was like one C S G. Mm-hmm. Right. And he like went through and like AQ equals water, aqua, DQ equals decoction. Dairy, that's what I like you know about what I mean? Texas. Yeah. Uh, so it's not a code, and it would have been very familiar to anybody who studied medicine at the time. So he says this was copied, because this is before the printing press. This was hand copied um, for a f- rich, essentially Dark Ages medieval gynecologist. Like somebody who was involved a in dark treating... Dark Ages gynecologist is horrific. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's horrific. <laughs> it is. But that, you know, there was a lot of like women's health... Mm-hmm. medical textbooks at the time that were full of bullshit of course but yeah the doctors used and that this rich doctor paid someone and they just did like a rush job essentially and that's right. why it's so cryptic and well, like weirdly drawn it looks like i mean just looking through google images of it, mm-hmm. it none of it looks like v- vaginas Right. Well, like, they didn't. It, there's like they didn't try to cure those. Yeah, drawing. <laughs> <laughs> there's like kind of naked women, but it looks like a kid drawing a naked woman. Yeah. Well, so he says that the picture of the plants refer to the herbal medicines that work with the female humors okay. and all the bathing women. Um, that's the gynecology of the time. Was oh something's wrong down there? Take a bath. Because um, back then yourself. you had to have a doctor tell you to take a bath. Right. That was like a big deal. Mm-hmm. You didn't just do it for funsies. Um, I don't do it for funsies now. And then there's zodiac okay. maps in there because they think that certain cures would work better under specific astrological signs. Who would believe that nonsense? Oh, <laughs> most women. Anyway, <laughs> he uh, he identified one image. Like, Let me tell you about it. Uh, he says one image is of women holding donut-shaped magnets in the bath because even back then people believed that magnets would cure them, which is still uh something that people do i mean i could see that magnets right. are crazy yeah they are so ICP. finally <laughs> it's a kind of a downer ending because it's like oh that's it it's just a shorthand manual or whatever so some scholars jumped on the times literary supplement thing and like put his thing to the test like oh can you just use simple shorthand to decode this and fuck no it's no it doesn't make any sense he like had an idea but like he couldn't prove it out he was just trying to get publicity because he needed a tv writing job so it doesn't quite add up it's an interesting approach and it might even be the right theory about what the book is about Mm -hmm. but that's not what the text is. I mean, who writes an entire book in shorthand? Right. That's not with happen. long, long paragraphs yeah. of text. Long and yeah. like detailed imaging that's colors mm-hmm. and you're no, there's no way. So enter a Canadian to save the day. Oh, eh? All right. So <laughs> <laughs> This Canadian guy named Ahmed Ardik is an electrical engineer whose lifelong passion has been researching linguistics and etymology of his native Turkish language. Okay. And so he stumbles upon this Voynich mystery and he looks at it and he's like, uh, that's Turkish. Uh, is it really? And so he gets his two sons, Ozan and Alp, uh, to help him. And it's 
an old Turkish dialect. It's not like modern right. Turkish because right. it's 600 years old. But they just kind of work out. They start with some of the obvious astrological charts. And they're like, oh, well, that letter used to mean this modern letter. And you can pretty easily translate that to be, oh, that's June. That's July. Mm-hmm. That's August. And then they started to decode the alphabet. It was a little tricky because the person who wrote this uh, was a very bad speller. And so like they were doing phonetic spelling. And so they had to kind of puzzle out based on their knowledge of what the old letters were and the new letters and what it sounds like. And then you're like, oh, if you sound it out, that's that's the word. But it is just Turkish. (laughs) So they translated uh, about 30 percent of the book so far, including some entire pages, including that one you were just looking at, which turns out to be in a, a detailed description of a sunflower. Oh. And like what you can do with sunflowers economically, like how you can harvest them and sell them, what they're good for, when to do it. It's like it's a farmer's almanac. It's a so, farmer's fucking almanac. Okay. It's like here's what the weather's going to be this next year based on the zodiac. Here's like the most popular crops to deal with. Uh, here's how to cure uh, common ailments. Mm-hmm. So that part was right. And obviously women, it was for women. Right. Oh. Or for a woman. Here's or some naked ladies. For a lord of a manor to share with women or something. But it was aimed at women because in that part of the world, women farmed. Right. That was their job. Hmm. And men killed. Yeah. So they yeah. drew all these naked women for the women? Yeah, well, because it was medical, it was like showing locations of lesions or okay. problems. They weren't all naked, but there are a bunch of naked women in there. There's recipes. There's the proper procedure for a C-section. Damn. Uh, there's entries on abortion. Whoa. There's details of how ointments are applied. It even clears up common misconceptions of the time, such as the fact that eating more will give you a male child. Like, huh. it's a pretty scientific book for the... 1400s for the spelling yeah exactly it, it probably was a copy like a right because they didn't mm-hmm. have a printing press right but yeah it's not 100 percent translated yet and they just dropped this youtube video like a month ago and they're looking for some old turkish scholars to like verify their research but this clearly looks like the end of the puzzle and what's hilarious about it is that this manuscript came out in america and was widely shared with all sorts of Western European scholars mm-hmm. and code breakers, and they were all stumped, and it's just in fucking Turkish. And it was written in the 1400s, and everybody assumed that it was Latin or right. Western European, but Western yeah. Europe at that time had bubonic plague. It wasn't like a place yeah. where people they sat down and wrote a fucking that. book. And Turkey was flourishing. That's where people were doing things and learning shit and writing books. And mm. it was told it's a perfect example of a case of Western European prejudice. Like not assuming that, oh yeah, the part of the world this yeah. is most likely to come from right. is where it came from. Is where it came from. And if you just knew any Turkish at all, it was pretty obvious what it was. So hundred year old mystery solved by like somebody not white coming I'm along just... and going, uh so surprised it took that long that's That's crazy yeah oh i love it yeah that's the point and this might also be a dead end maybe some scholars will get a hold of it and say intriguing but no yeah so who knows atlantis atlantis could be what do you got just off the coast of the south american country of chile yeah is a place called the chiloe archipelago 
Uh, I can never say it. Archipelago. 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 There you go. Mm-hmm. Archipelago. Um, That's which, how Trump says it. Where you vacation. Well, you don't want a vacation here, but it stands for Place of Seagulls. <laughs> oh. Fun. Like a flock? Covered mm-hmm. in shit. Mm-hmm. The largest island there is the Chiloe Island. It's a nice. rugged land Ooh, surrounded it's pretty. by. Yeah, it is. But it's you don't want to go there. You don't want to go there. Oh. It's a rugged land surrounded by treacherous seas uh, that was long considered a cursed place by the ancient Incas who believe it to be a source of evil and a land prowled by demons, spirits, and monsters. Ooh. Oh, my God. I know things Like about- a Wendigo? Maybe. No. Wendigo don't. My daughter and I watch evolutionary bio- biology YouTube videos because we're both the biggest nerds in the world. That's so And cute. I remember where I know this archipelago from. It's from pygmy animals. It's like a case study for, sorry. It's mainland, okay. Mainland animals go off into an island and they either get really, really big or really, really small. Uh-huh. Oh, really? But they always change size dramatically. And they hmm. found a bunch of pygmy mammoths on this archipelago. <gasps> What? Mm-hmm. Oh, That's crazy. Like yeah. extinct ones, right? Instinct, okay, like I was like mammoths the size of a pig. How fun. Oh, that's so cute. That's all I ever wanted. <laughs> I want one. And there were giant birds and just everything was the wrong size because it got isolated on this yeah. island. Hmm. Well, there might be another reason for that. Ooh. In the 16th century, My this God. reputation for dark forces made it a perfect place for pirates to hide out. Oh. Because it was... Well, Pirates we'll are attracted to that. To that. Uh, because it was still a place that most people avoided and largely still is. It's long been known as an island of warlocks, witchcraft, and black magic. Mm-hmm. Which is why those animals are so weird. It's Party. probably true. Although those animals died off hundreds of thousands of years ago. Well, um, <laughs> But you know. maybe their bones. Witches have been around for... Maybe their bones spooked yeah. people. Yeah. And attracted pirates and witches. I love it when you I bet that's me. it. I bet that's it. <laughs> uh, if, even when the Chiloe Islands were incorporated into Chile in the 1800s, this place retained its mysterious, desolate location, believed to be inhabited by powerful sorcerers and evil creatures. The people of Chile, I keep wanting to say Chile, but I feel like an asshole. Because mm. I'm. Say it however you, you know, want. That's how you say it. I know. Um. <coughs> The people of Chile knew them as the Brujo de Chiloe or Brujo Chilote, meaning the oh. warlocks of Chiloe. Why does Brujo Chilote sound delicious? I want it. I know. Um, <clears throat> it sounds like it's got like meat and beans. Yeah. Corn. Corn. Corn for sure. Maybe like a slice of avocado. Yeah. I'm hungry. Um, the benevolent protector practitioners of witchcraft are called the machis and the evil warlocks are known as the calcos oh i love this this is i, I want to have a collectible card game <laughs> based on this i'm gonna slaughter so many words um <laughs> the machis said to be capable of curing any disease and the calcos conversely possessing the ability to uh, wreck great misery havoc and strife through their pot- potent black magic these warlocks were said to travel about in a great ghost ship called the <gasps> Calueche. Oh, ghost ships are so cool. I love ghost ships. I, I almost talked about the Flying Dutchman, but then I wanted to talk about this. Um, this is rad. So this 
ship could appear and disappear at will, travel underwater, and had a crew of drowned sailors. Oh my god! Spooky! Pirates of the Caribbean! I know, I love it. (laughs) Uh, The warlocks of the island were said to carry with them all manner of magical items. One was a magical waistcoat called the Macoon, which was fashioned from the skin of the dead and allowed the Brujo to fly. Whoa! Yeah! I was... Yeah, I am so into this culture. <laughs> Skin of the dead and lets you fly? Yeah, that's cool. So... Well, it could also give off a luminescence in order to see at night. Like from the sea creatures or something? From the God. dead skin. You'd have to complete such a long quest to get that. Uh, mm-hmm. Around their Joseph heads. Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcoat didn't even come close to that that's shit. That's true. That was not like nothing. Um, around a desert quilt, (laughs) a desert quilt, desert quilt, bro. Exactly. Around their heads, they were said to wear small live lizards strapped up against the skin with a bandana, which supposedly gave them access to great stores of knowledge, the ability to transform into various animals and open any lock and read minds. I want this link because I want to read this every day. I will send it to you. Thank you. This is so cool. Uh, many were additionally in possession of magical stones that supposedly had the power to cast powerful curses. Hell yeah. The arsenal of magical items and their vast knowledge of magic made the Brujos nearly invincible and deaths, disease, famine, disasters, and pretty much any other calamity was said to be their doing. These warlocks were often encountered... Uh, by outsiders as well. Spanish naval officer cartographer Jose Manuel de Moraleda y Montero. God, it's so Spanish. You got it. You got it. You did it. Jose Manuel de Moraleda, God damn it, y Montero, came through the Chiloe Islands in the early 18th century and witnessed firsthand the power of the warlocks. He was largely thought by the natives to have been a powerful sorcerer himself. It is his accounts that were largely responsible for bringing this local legend to the outside world, which brought more people in to investigate the alien land. Further expeditions to the island brought out more of the mysterious warlocks. They called themselves La Recta Provincia, the Righteous Province. Ooh. I did really good with that one. Yeah. That one's awesome. Yeah. That they ate the flesh of children. Yeah. <laughs> stole the skins of the dead. Well, for the coat. Into yeah. skin. And attacked with horrific spell known as the Sahaduras, which was basically slashing and cutting an enemy with magic from afar. Oh my God! They were also—they also were said to demand payments from scared Chileans and accused of bringing down misfortune and death upon those who refused to pay. Yeah, no, people don't understand. This all attracted the attention of the Parents government. Too. Mm. And while they did not accept the witchcraft was real, it was thought that there were a good amount of racketeering and even murder happening on the Chiloe Islands. Yeah. So they started rounding up known warlocks to be brought to trial in 1880. Doesn't this sound familiar? Mm-hmm. Salem. Yeah. Known warlocks trials. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the ensuing trial would bring much of the known information about the warlocks to public attention. A lot of bizarre testimony had been to be had during the whole thing. Perhaps the most dramatic and outlandish of this testimony was given by accused Brujo Mateo Cunecar, who gave a mesmerizing account of monsters, murder, and magic. According mm. to Mateo, the Brujos started as initiates, after which they were expected to prove their worth by becoming a full warlock. 
These initiations could be a variety of tests and tasks ranging from staying in freezing water for 15 days to wash away their baptism. Hell yeah! All the way up to killing someone dear to them and finally pledging allegiance to the devil while running around the island naked. (laughs) That's just some basic gang shit. Yeah. Yeah. When they were ready, they were asked to fashion their own macoon waistcoat and a spell book from the skin of either a dead virgin, another dead sorcerer, or a loved one, which they would use from then on. The whole thing finally celebrated by a feast featuring the flesh of babies. Wow, they love that flesh. They do. Mm-hmm. Everything is made with someone's skin. Yeah. I like really love these people. <laughs> this is they use the, the most fun thing. story I've read in a while. It's it's so cool. Konya Carr went on to describe how the clan of warlocks was based within an, enor- an enormous cavern system underground, lit with torches fashioned by- from human fat. And inhabited mm-hmm. by two... Well, of course, if you're taking the skin off of everything, you've got to do something with full. the fat. Yeah. Yes. And inhabited by two supernatural monsters tasked with guarding the clan. Please describe the monsters. I'd be happy to. Thank you. <laughs> One of these beasts was a ghost, a goat-like abomination called the Chivato. <sighs> Chivato. While the other was a pig-like creature with a scorpion's tail called the Invunche. I'm so turned <laughs> he explained that the Invunche had originally been a human baby, twisted, deformed, and warped through black magic rituals. Yes. He then described in grisly detail how to go about creating one. Yes, there's a recipe. Saying, <laughs> and this is a quote, when the sect needs a new Invunche, the <laughs> council... the wore out? The council, yes. The council of the, the other one just became four years old yeah (laughs) um the council of the cave orders a member to steal a boy child from six months to a year old are there any women Mm, that's not mentioned okay good the deformer a permanent resident of the cave starts work at once he disjoints the arms and legs and the hands and feet then begins to the delicate task of altering the position of the head day after day and for hours at a stretch he twists the head with a tourniquet until it has rotated through an an angle of 180 degrees nice that is until the child can look straight down the line of its own vertebrae (laughs) there remains one last operation For which another specialist is needed. At full moon, the child is laid on a workbench, lashed down with its head covered in a bag. The specialist cuts a deep incision under the right shoulder blade. Under the hole, he inserts the right arm and sews up the wound with thread taken from the neck of a ewe. <laughs> sure. Sheep. Let's bring, let's bring a sheep into this. When it has healed, ewe. the invunche is complete. Wow. End quote. (laughs) (laughs) End quote. (laughs) That's the most serious end quote of all time. (laughs) 
Throughout this all, the government did not believe any of the magical nonsense, but they Come were certainly on. they were certain that there was definitely criminal activity going on here, and it was enough for them to crack down hard on these brujos. In the end, twelve <laughs> supposed members of the Society of Magicians were found guilty of various crimes, criminal offenses, and sent to prison. Yes. But considering the lack of evidence, was it mail fraud? M A L E. But considering the lack of any evidence at all of these dealings outside of witness testimony and rumors, most of the sentences were appealed. Wow. Their legacy remains on the island to this day, where belief in brujos and black magic is as strong as ever. For the people living here, these sorcerers and their vile creatures are just as real as ever, and their folklore and beliefs are heavily saturated within the island. Damn. They live in fear of the Brujos. The dark part of the island history is still lingering. This is the place where demons, magic, and warlocks are still threats lurking within the darkened forest. I am so happy. (laughs) (laughs) I've never been more happy to learn about like something awesome. I want to know more about the Machi. Like what's their side of things the good side of the things. good side of things like yeah. what are they doing what are they up to what are they making their shit out of probably not skin what do they use goat horns what's the opposite like, yeah. of skin uh, yeah right blood blood yeah blood? yeah blood, Lots of blood i guess so huh? yeah oh my god <laughs> karina's gonna go down a wormhole of chilean mythology i mean just, there's so many details like they casually throw out there a permanent cave dweller okay that's never a good person no <laughs> no that, that's your most that's your most fucked up community member is the permanent yes. dweller. the deformer you, well, permanent cave dweller is more chilling for some reason. Really? Deformer sounds pretty creepy to me, too. The deformer is, I mean, your job is to rotate the child's head. Oh, yeah. Once you get into the job description, it gets real creepy. <laughs> the deformer. Yeah. Okay, cave dweller. I mean, I think there's deformers at Westlake Dermatology, I, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, damn. Mm, snap. Damn, let them know. Burn. Well, I did. They messed me up. Shit. <laughs> they scarred my titty. Oh, no. Yeah. It's my fault for wanting my head rotated 180 degrees. (laughs) It's a fun party trick, you know. You can start conversations with it. People people like to see it. My clan needed a new, what's it called? Uh, Invunche. 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 Oh, you just, I can seriously picture like a really badass board game based on all of this. Right. And I'm sad that I went there. That's so trivial. But also like, wouldn't that be fun if it was like Machi versus Brujo? Yeah. Yeah. I would play that game. And you're like fighting over the babies of the island. (laughs) Or like, show me this tarot deck. Yes, exactly. (laughs) This is such a good, rich theme for... Western appropriation and exploitation. I also like that even like I mean I guess it was like the 1880s or what? It's not that long ago. Yeah, it's really not. Yeah. Um. That's why they they were being so non superstitious about it. Yeah, I like that the government was like, shut the fuck up. That's not happening. Shut the fuck up. You guys are just stealing fish from fishermen and hiding it in your cave, aren't you? (laughs) (laughs) Or maybe there's some leftover pirates that are pillaging, but like, right? Yeah. You guys are some sort of like hillbilly mafia. The Invood the Brujos. Brujos. Yeah. <laughs> hillbilly mafia. Creepy looking little dude. Ugh. That's yeah. what they are in the sunshine. But when the, when the sun goes down. 
Mm-hmm. It all turns real. Mm-hmm. All of That's it. when it gets real, real. Mm-hmm. Quote, unquote. I don't want to see it. <laughs> I want nothing. I don't want to see anything else until I see this. Okay. Like I'm getting on a plane. I just want some skin that makes me fly. Yes, the glows. <laughs> Fuck. I want some lizards that I tape to my neck to give me wisdom. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> Let me read just your thoughts. With walking around with this little like, gecko. Weird ass like to your head. tiara of geckos. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like, oh, this makes me smart. Well, one makes you smart. But if you have mm-hmm. like 20, They've got better. different colored stones for different spells. This is just a dream come true. I Yeah, I was very excited when I found it. <laughs> okay. Yay. Okay, what if, well, I, I don't even, I mean, what we learned today was so much. Uh, mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. just a, a rich tapestry of knowledge. <laughs> I feel like I've had lizards a taped. A knowledge. rich tapestry of knowledge. I am so tired. <laughs> yes. I've actually pushed on through and I've gotten like a third wind that will keep You're me up for another You're getting into delirium yeah, now. Like, yeah, and that was the perfect thing to kick off my delirium. Hell yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really glad you got behind this instead of just shutting it down with scientific facts. <laughs> you know, fucking every once in a while, there's an episode where Scully's the believer. Okay. Hell yeah. And this mm, is it. This is it. Finally. <laughs> I like that I'm older in all of this. Yeah. What does that make Whitney? Uh, the alien? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that's not really there. You're the, the thing I believe in. Yeah. You're like the FBI. Okay. Because you like find all the murder tales for us to solve. Cool. And try to keep us in line. But we're like on our mission. You're off on your your brujo trip to Chile. The minute you tell me something happened, I'm like, the aliens did it. (laughs) And I'm like, clearly, I'm going to read Wikipedia real fast. Or Ellen. Mm -hmm. Well, aliens, Ellen. I mean, have you thought about how similar those sound? Yeah, of course I have. (laughs) Of course I have. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Every night before I go to sleep. What if she's a good witch, though? Like, what if she's in the matcha? Yeah, you're right. There's no women, and that's the only problem with the brujos. They got to be doing something with the women. Is it just like a He-Man woman haters club? Probably. Mm. Boys only. <laughs> There's a sign at the entrance of the island. Yep. Caballeros. You can go visit this island. I know. There's I like a whole up. trip advisor thing on it. I know. They're famous for their wooden churches, I bet, right? No. Those aren't churches. That's right. They're Something's caves going on. with permanent dwellers. That's actually how I feel about all churches and priests. Mm-hmm. Brujo Chilote. My next birthday party is going to have that theme. <laughs> Everyone has to wear Everyone. fucking lizards on their head. Everyone has to come dressed in some sort of skin. Someone's going to learn how to turn their head all the way around. We're going to make Brujo Chilote, whatever that we think that means. What was, what did we, hold on, did we learn anything? Use your skin for good? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yes, that's just good advice. Perfect. Please follow it. Yep. Yep. All right. Okay. Thanks and follow us at Weird Brunch everywhere. Use your skin for good. 